right, everybody, welcome to the Superhouse Podcast. Once again, this is Andrew, your host, and this time we have a very special guest. I wish our senior Godzilla correspondent, Jonathan Portman, were here, but sadly he has work right now. He's in a meeting right at this moment, so I couldn't get him. But anyway, I'm just going to read off his IMDb bio. Alec Alan Maxson, a.k.a. Monster Maxson, is best known for playing monsters and creatures. Notable roles include King Ghidorah and Godzilla, King of the Monsters, the zombie in the opening sequence for AMC Visionaries, Eli Roth's History of Horror, the creature in Sugar Pine Sevens, The Woods, and the Alien and Set It Off's hit music video Lonely Dance. Non-monster roles include Stone Evergreen in A Dead Dame in Hollywood, Cheeto in Bloodsucker Jones vs. The Creeping Death, and Bob and Killjoy's Psycho Circus. Alan has also appeared in numerous commercials such as Dave and Buster's Chevy, AMC's Fear the Walking Dead, Adult Swim's Robot Unicorn Attack 3, and Century Day and Night Spa. Along with his on-camera presence, Alan has also been heard as a voice actor. He performed the English dubs for Netflix's foreign films, I Am Not an Easy Man, Nothing to Hide, A Fortunate Man, and Four Lottas? Lattes? Four Lottas. Four Lottas? <laughs> Alan has voiced the Sigma Brewing Company's online commercial. Thank you for coming on, Alan. Thank you. That is a mouthful. I need to tone that bio down. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. It's good. Start off with the best, uh, the Godzilla and all that. Um, I also yes. wanted to say, we talked about this a little bit off the air, but uh, you are exactly two months older than me. I was born on August 22nd, 84. Oh dang! Yeah, you're six twenty-two. Uh, happy birthday coming up in a couple months. Uh, you you in a couple days, right? Next this week. That's right. Yeah, Thir- this weekend. Thirty-five. Happy birthday! It's the big one. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> Staring down the barrel of forty. Um. All right. <laughs> What's funny is I've already been called middle-aged, and I'm like, I think I have at least one more year before you can round upward. Yeah, it's getting <laughs> scary, man. It is getting scary. <laughs> I'm embracing it. You know, I say every year is better than the last. It's great. When I turned 30, it was um it was the only age that affected me. How so? Uh I don't know. I felt like I was like still sort of a kid up until 29. <laughs> and then when I turned 30, it really felt like, "Oh, I'm getting older." <laughs> it was That's funny. It was Mine like, was kind of Go ahead. The opposite. I I uh, I felt like around 27 i was pushing real hard to be taken serious as a professional and i have kind of a baby face already when i shave you know my wife even jokes i shave 10 years off my oh my god i look like i'm 25 and so it's hard for me to you know be taken serious or ask for certain adult rates that that make me actually have an okay living you know and uh but but then once i turned 30 30 i was like thank god i can finally say i'm in my 30s and i did i never told anyone i'm 30 i would say i'm in my 30s Leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> and they would they would never know how far into it but like i was very happy to uh, uh leave the 20s in the past really you didn't have a good uh, time in your 20s that much i had a great time but it was over i was ready all right i, I think i wasn't ready but i've definitely had the best i think <laughs> i like my 30s more than my 20s in a lot of ways oh 100 percent, man i will yeah, I won't go back to that bank account ever again. Uh, um, there's, there's another weird thing. Could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This other... banking account is ramen noodles every night. Pretty much, yeah. There's, I don't even know how I lived. Looking back, I don't know how I got this far. 
There's another weird thing about birthdays. Yeah. You might have noticed this. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's been brought up to you before in other podcasts. But your birthday is 622, and the original suit actor for King Ghidorah, Shoichi Hirose, his birthday is 623. I have never heard this before. That is awesome. Yeah. Wow. What a small quinky dink. I wish you were going to say the 22nd. That would have been even more perfect. <laughs> it's 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 insane. It's close enough, though. It's close enough to be weird. Yeah. What's the time? The time zone of... difference. Do you think it's the same? Um, The time zone puts you so they're a day ahead. Actually, maybe it is the same day in some way. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to call a mathematician or an actuary somebody who can calculate better than us right right yeah yeah <laughs> it very well might have been but definitely he was a little bit older than us i think he was born like yes. 1918 or something like that i i didn't write that part down um so uh just to start off what was it like working on evil bong 666 <laughs> oh my god this is never gonna leave me alone so i I'm, before i tell you what it was like working on it I have to tell you a story of this weekend. Oh, okay. So all of us uh, performance capture kaiju actors were in Texas this weekend for a convention. We were at the uh, Anime Matsuri Houston Pop Culture Convention Expo, all tied into one. And pretty much we, were, we did a panel. We are taking photo ops and autographs. It was a big, um, you know, moment for the fans to come for three days and, and see – the performance capture actors who brought these kaiju to life. We did a panel on Friday night. We had the entire day of excited people asking for autographs and getting pictures. Our panel happens at 8 p.m. Everyone's been with us all day. We talk about Godzilla for half hour, 40 minutes. <laughs> then they go, all right, let's open up the uh, audience to questions. <laughs> right out the gate. The absolute first question. Uh, yes, this is for uh, Alan. Uh, what was it like working on Evil Bong? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a hilarious title, man. Uh, it's great. And then, like, all all my kaiju brothers just busted out laughing because it was a joke all day. Because I actually had um, two people ask for an autograph on a, an 8x10 of the ginger dead man's lips. Mm. And they were making fun of me so much after that that... When we were at dinner the next two nights, um, we one of the other clients that our agent reps is Doug Jones. Everyone oh, knows nice, him from nice, nice, nice. Uh, pretty much every uh, monster movie. He's a fantastic actor in person. And he was at dinner with us uh, the whole weekend. And the night after our panel, they're all mocking me. Look at those lips. Look at him. <laughs> and Doug's like, so wait, what is this you're in? And I had to sit there and explain to an Academy Award winning Dude, monster I'm actor. Sure, he's been in all kinds of about, stuff himself. He did actually. He told me a story that he pr just recently, uh, I think that same weekend, had someone pull up a trauma movie that he was in oh, nice. and ask for an autograph. So it was like I had Charlie with a, a full moon movie. He had a trauma movie. It was perfect. I was like, all right, bro, I got you. And and he was down. He was like, that is cool. And then he asked how many hours. And he's like, oh, you kept going after one. <laughs> <laughs> oh man but i do have to say it's funny when we're in that scenario because we're talking about the biggest blockbuster movie 
of the summer right now. Right. And that's the movie they bring up. So it's a big joke and funny. But truly, I absolutely love working for Full Moon. They are so fun. And I've worked on, oh, I'm just going to guess five movies offhand and like three commercials and um, a really awesome one coming up soon that I can't even mention what's happening with that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love it. And also it's one of those things where it's like, it may be silly, but how many people can say that their lips replaced Gary Busey's, you right, know? Right, right. <laughs> oh, so, man. so I play the lips of the ginger dead man and the ginger weed man. Um, pretty much there's a puppeteer on set. There's actors that play the voice of these puppets, but then my mouth is what they superimposed digitally onto the puppet, kind of like how they do with Annoying Orange. Right. Um, and I have big buck teeth that I put in so that they look closer to Gary Busey's rather than mine. And I just over-accentuate and, and do the lines, and they pop it on the puppet, and then they put the voice over guys about voice into my movement onto the puppeteer's movement and the three of us combined bring to life the ginger dead man and the ginger weed man nice <laughs> oh man i just saw that on your resume i thought that was just a hilarious name i i don't think i've seen that movie but it's it was just i thought it was funny i didn't know that that's what you get all the time <laughs> yeah i've i've been in three uh movies the evil Bong five six and Ironically, I found this out, I think, after I was in part seven, because they bring me in after the filming is done in post-production and take care of me then. Okay. But the lead the lead actor is um, a guy named John Jordan, and I went to high school with him. He's been in all seven Evil Bong movies, and him <laughs> and I, I were in Oklahoma together on stage when he was a senior, and I was, I think, in eighth grade. I somehow made it into the high school play. Um, I snuck by or something and it's so funny that it did a full circle and he looks, he looks the same, I guess, but I was going to also say he look, looks different. And also that was Jesus, 1998. So I, I didn't remember him until a friend of mine in Michigan pointed out that it was him. And I was like, are you shitting me? <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Well, I won't uh, bore you with asking about True Cats next. Let's just get straight to Ghidorah. <laughs> well, True Cats <laughs> is awesome, too. <laughs> what was your question for that? Oh. I, that one is a cool one. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I feel like we're going to... People are like, where's the Ghidorah shit? Oh, okay, what's uh, what, what's what's so cool about True Cats? You know, Ghidorah, we can leave to the end. This way they don't cut out early. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. <laughs> So True Cats um, was a motion capture job where um, it was a pilot of cats that are cops and they're busting other cats for like having illegal catnip and stuff. This is and it's kind of like a animation. True Detective. Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know if the full pilot is available online, but I think you can see a clip if you google my name and true cats i think it's on youtube somewhere <laughs> okay but that was fun it was a lot of fun and the creator of that will driscoll he uh, he's called me in for a number of things in, uh since then so it's been you know it's been a fun ride working with him but true cats is clever it's it's a voice <laughs> acting gig for you that one is just the motion capture actually oh, he has a bunch capture. of actors who do the voices and then basically i get in the mocap suit 
and he plays the audio recording of the actors out loud and i i act out with the voice um to combine it together that's interesting <laughs> i'll look that up so let's get to the main event here um you yes, were the false king of the monsters <laughs> yeah you were the right head for Ghidorah. that's correct okay so how did that happen how'd you get this part so before I got into motion capture, I have played many, many monsters with practical, like prosthetic suits, makeup. And I knew motion capture was a huge thing that's been coming and growing even more. And so, and I think I actually, once I realized that, I was like, I got to, I got to get in that world as well. And so I did, I think I volunteered to do motion capture for a live event called SIGGRAPH, um, which is in California. And it's um, basically just demonstrating how motion capture works. And after that is when I met Will for True Cats. And I was like, okay, so I can do this. I can get into it. So True Cats led you into Ghidorah, actually. Uh, in a way, <laughs> yes. There are many paths that led me into it. But um, after to true cats i sought out a school and this is really the truly the thing that got me into it was there's a school called the mocap vaults and they have training here in los angeles and then also in london and the two owners are fantastic at motion capture and uh, actually the left head richard dorton he is the teacher and co-owner out here in los angeles and he's been in over a hundred video games, his slogan is, if you've ever played a video game, you've killed him. Nice. So he is one, yes. So he's one, one of the top um, mocap actors. And he, so I basically started training with him. And uh, at the time, I also trained with uh, TJ Storm, who he plays Godzilla in 2014. And so my connection started to grow from there. Uh, and through those connections, I met a guy named John Root, who was at MPC Technicolor, and he brought me in for a couple of days of actually previs for Godzilla. And then there was a post on the student forum for the mocap vaults looking for creature actor reels. And I put my line up, which at the time was 100% practical. And uh, then I had a phone call from my agent saying, Legendary wants to see you for Godzilla. And knowing all those connections that I had just worked with, all three of those guys, I knew, I was like, that's where it came from, was that post on the student forum. And uh, so that's how I get it. As, as I, I give all credit to the mocap vaults, and uh, I think that's, that's the main reason I got it. That's awesome. So uh, what they... How did you, how do I say this? How much did you know about Ghidorah going into this? I mean, after you get the part, did you do any research? I did. So, you, so yeah. obviously I knew Ghidorah was the three-headed dragon. He's, you know, he's one of the main arch nemesis of Godzilla. Um, I put my, my Godzilla fandom into a certain particular tier. I look at how I am with Star Wars. Basically, I'm an encyclopedia. <laughs> I can out-Star Wars knowledge almost anybody oh, nice but but then i also have a, a category of um 
say Marvel movies. I don't know jack shit about <laughs> superheroes or Marvel or DC. Okay. Um, so on that scale, Godzilla, if you put a slap dab in the middle between those two, I'd say Godzilla is in between the middle slot and the knowledge of Star Wars that I have. Okay. Basically, I had a Godzilla VHS as a kid. I had a Godzilla six-pack DVD as an adult. Um, but as far as that, I wasn't deep into the world like I am now. Um, but as soon as I booked the role, I knew who I was. I was very familiar with it. But I decided to do my research, and I bought every movie that had Ghidorah in it from the past <laughs> nice, so that I could know my stuff. And I tell you, between that studying and just being in this world now, I'm so fully immersed. I know so much about Godzilla over just the last year and a half. And <laughs> it, it's a lot a lot to do with the fans because these fans are like how I am with Star Wars. Right. They know everything. And right. they will tweet at me and Instagram at me. And I'm just sitting there being like, wow, I'm learning every day. <laughs> hey, everybody. It's Andrew. I just wanted to tell you about our friend Israel's retro gaming shop. Retro Co. If you go to retro-ko.com, you'll be able to see all of his retro gaming goodies. If you wanted to get that Sega Saturn hidden gem from back in the day, or if you wanted to get the Famicom disc system that you never got as a kid, or any other type of retro game that you were into, or uh, import game, please go to retroco.com. That's retro-ko.com. And if you use the Superhouse code Johnson's Ballsack, you'll be able to get a little bit of a discount at checkout. So please, once again, if you could just go to retroco.com, you can also go to facebook.com slash retroco with no hyphen. That's R-E-T-R-O-K-O. You'll be able to find him on Facebook as well. If you were looking for that PlayStation import game that you never got, if you were looking for that Mega Drive game that you never got, or any other kind of retro game, any import game, it could even be European. Israel also curates bundles at RetroCo, and he'll curate that bundle just for you. So please, go check him out. If you put in the code Johnson's Ballsack at checkout, you'll receive a Superhouse discount. What was the direction that you got going in from, from Doherty or whoever was with you? Uh, on the day of filming? Uh, even, well, beforehand, I guess. And then the day of. So beforehand, I went in, uh, you know, we've all, it's funny because all of us heads of Ghidorah have joked about this many times on interviews and whatnot, but we all went in for our um, audition thinking it was truly an audition. We went in wearing workout clothes ready to move. Mm-hmm. But when I got in there, um, we all went separate. So I was by myself and... Mike was just like, all right, let me show you some stuff. And he showed us some previs, some clips from the film that they already filmed and cut together. And then he asked me about my creature acting and how I got into it. And he actually told me the reason he was interested in me was because of my practical work. He wanted real suit actors underneath the mocap embodying this character so that it had the heart of the old films. And I, I was just sitting there thinking, oh, my God, that is like the exact thing that a creature actor like me wants to hear from a director. Because not only does he want to use a technology that is different from what I love, 
but he respects and gets what I do. Right. Right. And he wants to bring it all together as one. And I was just like, that's perfect. I am the man for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So were you, I'm and, trying to picture. He, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say he, you know, he gave us direct. You asked if he gave us direction or anything. Yeah. And in that in that meeting, he had mentioned he's like, I want all three heads to have different personalities. And he didn't tell me what one he was thinking for me but he only told me one so i assumed that's what he thought for me and he said one of the heads i would love to be super crazy <laughs> aggressive and full of rage <laughs> and my real um the very first thing in it is uh, a creature that i had just updated my reel it was like a creature that was crazy and, and spitting blood and just ripping people part and so i immediately thought of that and i was my real made him think of me as the angry crazy one and i'd be perfect for that and it turns out in the end that is what he wanted me to do and i ended up being that particular personality nice but uh yeah what was your question that i rudely interrupted no no no, no, no. sorry <laughs> <laughs> um uh, so i'm just trying to picture the scene here so you're you're in like the motion capture suit but then you also you're also like holding up a head of a like a green screen mocap Ghidorah head. Like, what exactly did it look like? Oh, uh, we were just wearing suits. We okay. we did not have any practical things. So, um, the actor who played Godzilla had a tail. I okay. don't recall if he had a tail the entire time. I think he may have only had it for certain moments to to help with his walk to to give him weight on his back end like that. Um, but as for the three heads of Ghidorah, Jason, Richard, and I, they originally just tied us together with a big Velcro strap, <laughs> um, which actually there there is a thing on YouTube. Uh, somebody had leaked this. I don't know if, uh, if it's supposed to be out there or if it's going to be taken down, but somebody had leaked actual footage of us uh, filming. And if you search on YouTube, Godzilla King of the Monsters behind the scenes. Uh, it, it's probably still there, I'm guessing. Uh, and you can see us doing a test run, actually. Um, and it's the scene where Ghidorah's first waking up in the ice. Oh, nice. Was... And, yeah, so they just strapped us together, and, and we tried to... We did everything together, definitely. we were, Even though we weren't strapped the entire time, we were never in the volume without our hands on each becoming one one entity you use just your head as well or you used your hands we used our whole bodies okay um, because we you know as you saw in the film Ghidorah and godzilla have huge fight scenes and we did all of those in real life we did every stunt and fight um, choreographed out rehearsed and performed live um, down to even even our heads being stuck on the the building by Mothra, like right. we did every single thing for them, and uh, and they used that as a re reference um, for all of it, because obviously three humans strapped together is not going to move the way a dragon with snake heads <laughs> is going to. So, yeah, you know, I don't I don't believe this was a performance capture the same way that like Caesar right, for Plan yeah. Games was, yeah. I think this was a lot of a starting point for them for previs so that they they don't have to hand animate those fights. 
Right. And also for reference on, I believe I read an article recently where the main thing they used us for was how we reacted to each other, Mm -hmm. the timing and the decision we would do, um, based on what, what was next. And, uh, that, that's, I'm, that's what we did for that. Was I've seen, um, like at least two, I think of the previous good, like movies with Ghidorah in them. But I can't remember exactly. Was this the first time that they all had different personalities like that? I don't. I couldn't tell you what the filmmakers' intentions were for the other Ghidoras, but it seems like it, just simply based on the fact that the other ones are a person, one person in suit, or puppeteers with strings making the heads move. So it's hard to give like a thought to personality to something like that okay. unless there are scenes where they have animatronic faces. I don't recall, but I'm pretty sure this is the first one they made them separate like that. Yeah. That was when I saw it, I was, uh, I was surprised at that. I, it was a, like a pleasant surprise. You know, it's like, Oh, they're, they are really different from one another, like siblings in a way. So mm-hmm. that was, that was kind of cool. Well, I saw a, a, a meme recently where someone had compared it to the hyenas from Lion King. Oh, that's interesting. And I believe I actually recall a year and a half ago when I had that first meeting with Mike, I think he compared it to that when we spoke. Hmm. Um, so whoever made that meme is not far off because that I, I'm pretty confident I recall him saying, oh, yeah, kind of like the hyenas in Lion King. You know, there's a crazy one, there's kind of a dumb one, and there's an alpha. There was yeah. a shot of like so, one of them like bumping the head of another one, right? The hyenas, I think. That's probably. that's what I'm. That's what first comes to mind. What's it like working with um, Mike Doherty? He is awesome. You know, we, we we didn't film long. We only filmed for three days. Okay. Um, but those three days, he was fantastic. Not only is he just kind, but he's good. He knows what he needs. He knows what he wants and he knows how to get it from you. He knows how to talk to actors and, and he just knows the filmmaking process, especially with that kind of technology and, and the performance difference between Kaiju that are the size of a skyscraper versus humans. And he just, he understands it and you can tell he's a diehard Godzilla fan. Like he is for Godzilla, how I am with like Star Wars, Wars and Planet of the Apes. He knows he knows it. So that that's cool. Yeah, I saw this interview of him where somebody said something about laser beams or something from King Ghidorah, and then he corrects the interviewer saying, no, they're gravity beams. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he, he knows. <laughs> yeah, it kind of felt like we were in good hands at that point. Yes. And, you know, it's one of those things where I know it's a hard, hard thing to do sometimes find a good filmmaker that is also credible and knowledgeable of, of a particular franchise but they won gold, solid gold with mike and i feel like we could use some of that in some other franchises that a lot of filmmakers seem to not be knowledgeable at all of what the fans are looking for yeah um i think I don't want to like put anybody down, but it was it's it's my favorite uh, American Godzilla film. I'll tell you that it was, you know, it's fucking awesome. You get all the fucking monsters in there, and the score also is fuck, fucking incredible. Uh, yes, <laughs> Bear McCreary. I do have to say though, I I love all the American Godzillas, all three of them. 
So they're all very different too, you know. Mm-hmm. One of them is a monster movie. Right. The other one is a father-son war movie. Right. And the other one is Jurassic Park. Right. So it depends on what you're looking for. Right. And I have no beef with any of them. I think they're all great. And it's one of those things too where I also look at, you know, any creative process, whether it be movie, music, art, anything. It's like no matter how terrible it is, whoever worked on it, they put in as much as they could. And I give respect to all creative things like mm-hmm. that. So I hate to to ever bash on something. Sometimes you can clearly say, I prefer this movie over watching that one. But I would never say, you know, you deserve to be smacked in the face. Right, right, right. No, no, no. That's, uh, yeah, that kind of stuff I try to avoid myself. Um, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, moving on from that. You, we're having fun here. Guys. Yeah, we're, we're having, having fun. fun. <laughs> so did you have any involvement with, with, I know legendary is Chinese zone, but anything and with Toho, any Japanese involvement whatsoever? Did you meet Ken Watanabe? Anything like that? Or Japanese reaction to this film? So I have two stories for that. One, I met Ken. I met him at the Grumman's um, red carpet premiere, and he was such a gentleman. Uh, the left head and I went up to him and, and introduced ourselves and shook our hands and shook his hands, and he was. He was very gracious and, and nice to meet us, and uh, and so were all the actors, everybody. It was interesting because even Kyle was, he had no idea there were mocap actors involved, and he was like, "Oh my God, you guys are the Andy Circus of this film!" And he introduced us to his daughter. And <laughs> there was a lot of excitement, and even Gareth Edwards did the same. He, uh, him, him, and I chatted for a good twenty minutes, just talking about Star Wars and action figures, and he introduced me to his girlfriend, and and uh, it was it was a lot of fun surprise that. I think most people didn't realize Mike had hired mocap actors for it. <laughs> That's cool. Um, and, and then you asked about um, the Toho reaction. Is So this weekend in Texas, it was the first time ever that the Godzilla store from Toho had been in the U.S. And it was oh, a pop-up store. Nice. And the owner of the Godzilla store was there. And he was so excited to meet us he was geeking out and wanted pictures with us and we were exactly the same in return to him so it was so funny (laughs) because it was like all of us just like so excited to be with each other and he was telling me that in japan they absolutely go nuts for this movie i've I've heard that are packed the merchandise are flying off the shelves which is true if you try to order some of these like bandai figures dude they're sold out that's awesome (laughs) Yeah, so Japan's loving it too, which is great because we want them to keep giving legendary rights to keep making more. I think that's really the best compliment in a way you can give the whole team, but especially Doherty, just because he's yeah, just because he was the director, kind of oversaw the whole thing. Like if you if you can get the Japanese on board, especially as much as he has, you know, and it just shows that he paid attention to the right things when he made yes. the movie, you know? He he, yes. he understood the fan base and all that. So I think really that's the... To me, I would say... I'm not Japanese, but I'd feel like that... I, I think it would seem like that was the the biggest compliment you can, you can give him, you know, for this movie. Absolutely. And I even feel like in the story, 
Um, Mike, I think, did in return a compliment to the Japanese culture where the whole reason Godzilla exists is as sort of commentary to the bomb in Hiroshima. And and uh, and in this story, you know, it started with Gareth Edwards' version where Ken Watabe has the watch from his grandfather that stopped in Hiroshima. And and then this, that, that storyline concludes in this new movie. And it's just like, it's got all the right things of everybody just complimenting each other. Um, I think, I think everybody definitely had the right mindset for everything. Yeah, I would say so. Um, you originally, uh, you started out in editing. I did. Yep. So um, how'd you make that jump? When I first, <laughs> well, when I, when I was, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I started out working as crew. I'd been a performer before um, in high school and um, a little after and just, you know, I'd always been a performer in one way or another. But then when I moved to Los Angeles, I kind of didn't necessarily stop fully because I did little things here and there, but I didn't consider it an actual career path. Um, I had my sights set on being in post-production simply just to make money and survive. Right. And so I started out as a production assistant, clawed and fought my way up slowly to digitizer, night AE, assistant editor, lead AE. You were union? June. Uh, I am. I am part of the 700. Oh, man. And then, then eventually I climbed up to, you know, editor, and I've been a lead editor and a finisher on numerous shows now. Um, but I would say about six years ago, I was I was just missing having passion for what I do and and even though I have mad respect for the skill of editing and literally editors finish everything they make everything look good like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they fix they fix bad acting they fix bad camera bad audio editors are gods right right <laughs> hands right, down right but it just wasn't what I was passionate about and I came home and I told my wife I was like I I want i want to make a career change and and i want it to be something i'm super passionate about and so i dug down into what i've been passionate about my entire life and it always goes back to like creatures and monsters because i'm a huge action figure collector i have zero human action figures (laughs) all i have are not human characters that's awesome dude Uh, um and i i just love like the art of 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 creatures if you look at my dvd blu-ray tower which I have hundreds of them. I guarantee you there's probably 20 or less that do not have a monster or an alien in it. Right. Like they're all either sci-fi or horror. Right. Um, and so that's where the path I wanted to go. And at first I, I was contemplating potentially somehow working in like a creature shop or, or somehow helping to make these monsters. But then I was just like, you know what? There's two thoughts. One is I have a performance background. Two, if I'm going to make a career change, which I already have a solid career as an editor, my career change, I'm going to go for the gold. I'm not going to make a career change. second choice. Mm-hmm. I want to be the monster. Because what you can't <laughs> get better than being the monster. Right. So I sought it out. I started re- 
reaching out to anybody who I knew that was making creature movies. I started doing even more training with things like mime and stunts and combat and, and motion capture and, and just anything and all things physical. And even real acting, I started taking improv and acting technique, scene study. I did all the performance study I could and uh, started booking roles. And the snowball started to increase where now I'm known for playing creatures. And I get phone calls, you know, just last month, I got a phone call on a, a Sunday night asking if I'd fly to New York to play a, a creature at 7 a.m. And uh, it's, it, you know, I'm just now, it's like, oh, call Alan. If you need a creature, call Alan. <laughs> and so I love it. And, and I'm so passionate about it because it's like, what's fucking cooler than being a monster? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> I love the passion, dude. That's, that's fucking sweet. Thank you. <laughs> but the editing has come in handy big time because a lot of the the creature work, it doesn't rely on camera and editing, but it has heavily to do with how cut the film together and how you film it from a filmmaker's standpoint, not just performance. So I truly believe all of my my history as as an editor and filmmaker knowledge truly helps my performance because a lot of it is we're going to cut with this. We're going to stop here and do this and technical things that I get. And I'm like, Oh, I know exactly what you're doing. Let's they're, do this. They're going to need Whereas handles. They're going to need I handles. Think some other people. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I, trust me. I don't stop my heavy breathing when I rip someone to pieces until 10 seconds after they call a cut. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, man. The handles, uh, that's a big, that's a big deal. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man um so what got you in, into it initially i know we have to go in a second but it was does it all stem from star wars um see i can't give credit to to just one thing star wars is, is a huge part of my fandom um, you know i think if you had to ask what are my biggest fandoms it's star wars planet of the apes uh, Gremlins, Ninja Turtles, Ghostbusters. Well, I think it's, it's like, go. it's a whole plethora of just, I love creatures. I remember as a kid telling my parents, I was like, I want one of the Ninja Turtle costumes from the movie, the old Jim Henson ones. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, I'm sure we could find one. And I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want a store-bought one. <laughs> I want a custom one with animatronics in it. Right, right. I want to become one of these turtles. Yes. And so like from an early, early age, I had mad respect for these things like watching Dark Crystal and and just everything. And I even remember when Jim Henson died, I remember reading it in a newspaper and I, I remember crying. That was the first oh, like man. celebrity death that I cried over. And uh, yeah, it's, you know, I, th- I think I've just always understood and respected the art. You know, when people like you and I, I were kids, we would watch the making of um, Jurassic Park and all these. And and speaking of that, I was at Legacy Effects today, which oh, nice, nice. originally was the Stan Winston studio. Yeah, and they have some awesome stuff in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I've actually never been in there. I work at Fractured Effects, and uh, I know people that have like everybody like hops around from shop to shop. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have—I'm the one of the few that ha- actually hasn't been in those doors just yet. Oh, you got to get over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to. I need to. Um, 
So this is another thing about the original uh, the original guy that played Ghidorah, Shoichi uh, Hirose. He, uh, he was the guy that went on to play Kong in Godzilla vs. Kong. So are they he going did. are they going to uh, continue that tradition, bro, or what? So, so <laughs> you're not the first one to mention this to me and ask this exact question. Yeah, yeah. Um, the thing is, is I would absolutely love to, but I know for a fact that in Kong Skull Island, Terry Notary played Kong. Yeah, yeah. And I've trained with Terry before. He is fantastic. Yeah. And I guarantee you there is no way they would not have him repraise the role. All right, all right. And if they did, they would be fools. So <laughs> I'm hoping they find other kaiju to bring back the three heads of Ghidorah for because that would be absolutely fantastic to to keep the tradition going of having us involved and not end with one movie. That would be so cool. I know you're obviously under NDA for a lot of this, but are you part of the next one in any form whatsoever? You don't have to say character name or anything like that. Um, I have not heard a single word from anybody. Um, I think, <laughs> okay. I think, I think they're keeping that thing tight under wraps. And also yeah. I believe I read somewhere they're doing reshoots. So who knows what's happening with it? Okay. But right. I hope so. I hope it happens. <laughs> Is there, do you have like a dream role? I guess it would be star Wars or what? Well, it's interesting. Cause now that Disney owns star Wars, I don't see many, um, creatures in it it's a lot of humans these days for some reason mm-hmm. um i know obviously there's exceptions they had admiral radius and chewbacca but you know they don't have a lot of you know bib fortunas or Grimorian guards type of things um i would absolutely love to be in a star wars that would be a dream but um i think if i had to pick a dream dream it would be to have my own type of beloved franchise, almost like Robert England type thing, where I have 10 movies of one awesome character that everybody loves. Um, that would be mine. And it, I would want to be a fun character. Like the funny horror guys are always my favorite. Chucky, Freddy, Leprechaun, Gremlins. Like That would be my goal is, is to have an awesome franchise character that I can just have fun with for a decade. That would be the dream, wouldn't it? That would be, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And Star Wars and Planet of the Apes. So that'd be my top three. <laughs> right. Those Planet of the Apes movies are the new ones, especially in my opinion. God, they're like too good. Why are they so good? It's they're very good. Yeah. I actually have a dream where I wish I could make a Planet of the Apes six, where it's the sixth installment of the original franchise. Mm. Use the exact same makeup use the exact same camera and film stock so that it all matches and feels like it belongs in that universe. That would be incredible. That would be it awesome. It would be. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you said you had a hard out at this time, man, so I want to thank you for coming on. This has been awesome. <laughs> it's been fun, man. Thank you for having me. Yes. Um, I want to thank Mark Sawa for uh, hooking this up. I tried to get him on. Mark really loves Iron Fist from Marvel, not the show <sighs> so much, maybe, but the um, but the comic. And I wanted to make him our senior Iron Fist correspondent, but he hasn't <laughs> come on yet. So, Mark, get your ass on this fucking podcast. Um, <laughs> yes, and maybe I'll see what I can do. I'll see if I can wrangle the other two heads. Maybe we can get 
a big three Ghidorah talker. Um, it might be difficult. Sometimes we talk over each other, but <laughs> <laughs> you're bumping their heads literally. <laughs> yep. Oh man. Yeah. That would be great, man. That'd be great if we could, if we can uh, org- organize that. Jason, Richard, if you hear this, contact, <laughs> let us know. But no, I'll text them as soon as I get off the phone because I need to tell them that your first question was about Evil Bong. They're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. And uh, thanks again for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much, Andrew. Uh, it's been fun. It's been a blast. Yes. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 